Hello, and welcome to the Lake Forest Church Huntersville Sermon Podcast. We are a community of skeptics, spiritual explorers, and longtime followers of Christ. To learn more about who we are as a church and how you can get connected, visit lakeforest.org. I'm joined here with my friend, Pastor Jeff Cook, whose job and passion at Lake Forest is to help people feel cared for and connected in our community. One of the things that, Jeff, your team has been doing over this past month is reaching out to people in our community who are particularly vulnerable during this season, um, people in healthcare, educators, people who are homebound, and just checking in on them and making sure they feel okay. I'm so proud of the work that your team has been doing. Um, one of the other things that Jeff is doing that starts tonight at 6 o'clock to help people feel connected at Lake Forest is leading our first online edition of Welcome 101. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, so Welcome 101 is the best way to get to know Lake Forest, to figure out how to get connected and plugged in here. Essentially, it's a three-session class where we get to know one another, and as a church, we get to share what do we believe, what do we value, and what do we do. Uh, so we will be starting our first ever online session this evening at 6 o'clock using Zoom. There's still time for you to register for that. You can go to lakeforest.org backslash events and register. We just ask that you do that by 2 p.m. so we can be sure to get you all the information and the links. And I can promise you, since this is the first time we're doing this online, it will not be boring. It'll be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Hey, middle and high school students, don't forget that Remix Live is coming back tonight at 7.30 p.m. I'm not sure exactly what Mike Hall, Kip, and the team have cooked up for you for this evening, but it's going to be awesome for sure. You can get the link for that also. It's going to be on YouTube at lakeforest.org events. Lake Forest, we want to thank you for your continued generosity um, so we can continue disciple-making things like Welcome 101, Remix, our pastoral care, our partnerships with local and global mission partners. We know that these are really anxious times, and your tithes and your offerings mean so much to us right now. If you'd like to learn more about ways you can give at Lake Forest, there's information on your screen right now, and you can also visit lakeforest.org give. And I'd like to share with you just a couple ways that we have been giving back to the community. First, for quite some time, and I'm sure for some time to come, we've been collecting canned goods, bread products, other household essentials to support a food bank that's loving on our neighbors in Huntington Green. I know that the need there is still going on and will continue until the end of this crisis. And so I want to thank you for everything you have done and everything you continue to do to love on that community. Also want to just mention uh, an initiative that started to encourage, thank, and love on the hospital staff at Novant Hospital in Huntersville right down the road from us. And I want to say, Tribe, well done. Yes, well Because done. together, we have written 1,018 individual personal cards, Ooh. notes of <laughs> thanks and encouragement uh, so that these folks know that we care for them. We've had the opportunity to place a Defined Coffee gift card in each one of these. And tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., our executive pastor, Mitch White, will be dropping them off at the hospital along with 20 gallons of coffee. Yes. Because caffeine in Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, so I want to ask you, if you're able, go ahead and set an alarm for 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. And when that alarm goes off, just pause for a moment and say a word of prayer for these incredible men and women who are putting themselves in harm's way to care for us and our community. 
Let's go ahead. We're going to pray for these cards right now as a congregation as we also pray for the world. Uh, so, Father God, I want to thank you for the hearts of the people of Lake Forest to love on and care for these workers and for these workers, God, what they must be experiencing. So I pray that you would use these pieces of paper, these, these ink markings on them, God, that you would use them supernaturally to show love, to show your encouragement and your, your passion and protection for all those men and women. And God, even as we think to the entire world and what we're all going through right now, those that are, are worried in a very real way for their health, for their safety, would you be with them? Through the power of your spirit, God, help them to feel your presence and know that you will, you will be with them through anything. I pray, God, for, for even folks in our own communities and congregations that are struggling with not only health, God, but, but fear or already losing a job, income insecurity, just not knowing what's gonna happen next. Lord, we know that your spirit is present and powerful. Would you use that to help us, God? Help us to see you in all these things and to follow you. God, would you use it to comfort those of us that are, are struggling with fear and anxiety to know that you are a good and loving God that is always with his people. We love you, we trust you, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jeff. Uh, I'm Mike Moses, lead pastor of Lake Forest Church Huntersville, and I have one word for you. Help! Help! We all need some help and comfort right now. And in just a second, I'm going to teach out of the Bible how God offers us help and comfort that we need right this second. But I'm afraid that there's probably like three or four of you at home right now, wherever you are, who are not fully in touch with how much help we actually need right now. So to all get on the same page, the band is going to help us out. You feel free to chill out for a minute or do like I'm going to do. Stand up, bebop around, sing along.
Thank you, worship team. That was, that was fun. I hope you had fun with that at home because here's something that is the truth. We, it feels like we were so much younger just two months ago, and we need some help. I'm glad you like that, Chuck. Uh, I'm the bringer of good news this morning, friends, here live with you on Sunday. God has already answered the Beatles' prayer. God's answered your prayer for help. How? By giving you and I the Holy Spirit. And we start a new sermon series today called God Within You, the Fruit of the Spirit. Because we need to lean into God's presence inside us to produce the character of his fruit out of us during these intense days. Now the Holy Spirit is the most misunderstood and neglected member of the Trinity. In fact, many people, maybe even yourself, refer to the Holy Spirit as it. How would you like to be referred to as it? That's not cool. The Holy Spirit is a person. In fact, God made person all to you and me daily. And here's why I'm really excited about this series. is It's going to go for a number of weeks. Because I know a lot of faithful Christians today who try to live the life of faith without the help and power of the Holy Spirit. And that's a recipe for defeat. For many of us Christians, the Holy Spirit's kind of like our pituitary gland. Kids, can you say pituitary gland? Like, okay, I know it's there, but I don't have any idea what that thing does or why it matters. But I'm also excited, not just for my Christian friends to learn more about the Holy Spirit. I'm excited for my friends who describe themselves as spiritual but not religious. The, you spiritual explorers, you believe in the reality of the spiritual. You experience it, but maybe you don't feel like you know God in a tangible, personal way. And that's why you're here today. And so for both of these groups, the, the Holy Spirit offers the real presence, the real power of God in a way that you can know him. And I want you to know God personally. Now, do you know, did you know anybody growing up or do you know anybody today who talks about the Holy Spirit all the time and they're just weird? Like, raise your hand, sitting there at home. Did you know somebody in your past uh, or, or today? Like, they're just weird talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, well listen, um, that's not the Holy Spirit's fault. You know that person. Even without the Holy Spirit, they'd be weird, okay? Don't blame the Spirit. You can be a normal person and believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and sync up with that power. Now, in the church I grew up in, if you believed and talked too much about the power of the Holy Spirit today, they suspected you might be a tool of Satan. On the other end of the spectrum, in the church a friend of mine in college grew up in, if you didn't speak in tongues and all that kind of stuff in the Spirit, they were afraid you weren't a Christian. Something was wrong with you. And you know there are whole denominations today who don't want to talk about the Holy Spirit outside of when the name comes up in a creed, afraid that, man, this stuff could get out of hand. What makes us afraid of making the Holy Spirit a central part of our daily faith for the help we're asking for? Well, it's not Jesus that makes us afraid of the Holy Spirit. In John 14, as Jesus is preparing for the Last Supper, he knows he's leaving. And the disciples don't understand that Jesus is about to leave. And if you've ever lost a loved one who just goes, it's disturbing. So Jesus talks them through what's coming next. John 14, verse 16 is where we'll start. Jesus says, and I will ask God the Father, and he'll give you another helper. And the word in the Greek here written by John is parakletos. I'll give you another helper to be with you forever. See, Jesus was only with them for three years or a little bit less, but a helper, a spirit, will be with them forever. 
I will give you even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's why we've titled this series, God Within Us. It's just the words of Jesus. And Jesus says, that, get this, this is interesting, says it's another helper. He doesn't say the helper. He says another helper we need. Because Jesus has already helped us through his incarnation, his atoning sacrificial death on the cross, and his death-defying victory over death and sin through the empty tomb that we celebrated last week on Easter. But in addition to Jesus' help, now we have another helper. And the word another that's used there in John is alos, and it means a helper of the same kind. He could have used the word heteros, a helper of another kind. But with this language, I think, Jesus is signaling the Holy Spirit is equal with himself and therefore God. So just how is the Holy Spirit the helper? How, how is the Holy Spirit your helper? The helper we need now at home with the same people day after day getting on your last nerve. Or at home with yourself day after day getting on your own self's last nerve or maybe being lonely or those of you who are on the front lines man we are so grateful for those of you working to care for the elderly thank you for those of you who are at risk stocking shelves of groceries those of you in local medical facilities we're grateful for you and all of us need a different kind of help and that's why the holy spirit is god personal to be another helper for you in addition to your salvation. What a gift from God that we can know this comforter. And so the Holy Spirit, I just want to walk through a few of the ways the Holy Spirit can be your help. And the first one is this. The Holy Spirit helps how? Number one is your comforter. Again, the same verse we just read. Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. Remember the word written there by John is names the Holy Spirit as parakletos. And the primary meaning is helper. But the secondary meaning that's almost with it is comforter. And so many Bible translations, including King James, which I have on the screen, uses comforter instead of helper. You know what a comforter is, right? Well, uh, let me show you the picture. This is, this is the soft, cushy Moses family comforter with a, a, a painting by my wife Angie uh, back up over it. You know how I judge a hotel room when I'm traveling it is how cozy and comforting the comforter on the bed is. Because after being a road warrior and a meeting warrior all day with travel, I let that comforter in the hotel room surround me with all of its cozy, cushy comfort. I love it. And we're all seeking comfort right now. Let's see, let's count the ways we're seeking comfort. There's comfort food. Many of us are working on the COVID-15, not the COVID-19. Remember the freshman 15 for those of you who went to, to college? Uh, my favorite comfort food this week, I thought I'd show you, boys and girls, are these spicy pickles. Oh, my gosh, I can't get enough. The good news is they're only five calories a piece, so I can just chomp on that all day. We're also not just comfort food, but comfort clothes right now. And for you, I mean right now. You're in your comfort clothes in your house. And most of us are comfort TV watching. We're watching some bad schmaltzy TV, aren't we? that just comforts us. For me, I was doing some work late one night and Ace Ventura Pet Detective came on. And it was just comforting to think back to when Jim Carrey was my guy and, and the Miami Dolphins weren't a Division II level college football team. You remember that day? That was a long time ago. Now, parent, and then it ended and the second Ace Ventura came on and for comfort, I watched that too. 
Man, we're just in seeking. Parents, that was not a recommendation to watch that movie with your kids. It's not close to PG, okay? Don't, don't hear Pastor Mike here. The Holy Spirit is the comforter from God, the comfort of God available in you, in the human spirit of every follower of Jesus who invites him in. And his comfort does not bloat us like comfort food. It strengthens. His comfort is not sentimental with no lasting nourishment like comfort TV. It em- his comfort embraces reality while having both arms around you and me. The Holy Spirit, his comforter, gives both solace and strength. He is a tender source of solace to the wounded, the fearful, and the grief-stricken. But that second aspect is equally important. The word comforter in its Latin form means with strength, mas fuerte. The Holy Spirit comes to us when we are in need of strength also. For those of you needing that, to walk into work again and know you'll be touching patients who maybe have tested positive. The Holy Spirit empowers us with courage and boldness. And so as comforter, the Holy Spirit both consoles and emboldens That in Christ, we may be more than conquerors of relationships, conquerors of work, school, and conquerors over mental health challenges. Jesus invites his first disciples, and now you, to welcome and rely on the Holy Spirit to help you by comforting you. You don't need to be mystified by or afraid of the Holy Spirit. The evil one would like to trick you into believing the Holy Spirit's Help and comfort is only available to super saints or weird people. But that's a lie designed to deprive you and me of the full abundant life that includes the comfort and strength available to you and me through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit as comforter also gives us a touch of God's presence. Uh, When I woke up to the reality of the Holy Spirit, I I remember I was just confused about it in my early Christian life. And then when I woke up to the Spirit, like Jesus says, no, this is normal. The early church lived out of its power normally. I started boldly asking the Holy Spirit to give me an actual touch of God's presence in my life. The Holy Spirit has done that in my life in gentle ways, in some like hints, And once in a while, the Holy Spirit has touched me with God's presence and an all-encompassing, stop-me-in-my-tracks, soul-shaking way. And I've soaked it in. And if I have time in this message, I'll briefly mention one of those times to you. Well, since that day when I woke up to the presence of the Holy Spirit, uh, since the, uh, fast forward, since the day that Angie and I and 42 friends Uh, founded this church, Lake Forest, in a roller skating rink 21 years ago. You know, I've heard something over and over and over through the years when people are joining our church and they're in the Welcome 101 class, which I hope you'll, you'll join in tonight if you're new to Lake Forest. It's a good time to take initiative and connect in with other believers. But, but a lot of times, people who've had no faith before or they haven't practiced their Christian faith in years say almost the same thing to me when, they're, when they've been here for some months or a year. And they'll go, Pastor Mike, like the first month of being at Lake Forest, almost every Sunday morning, at some point, like almost every Sunday, seemingly for no reason, I'd find myself getting choked up, maybe even starting to cry. What is that? I look at them and say, well, it's just because you're a big weenie. 
Get over it, you know, like buck up, man. No, that's not what I said. I said, kids don't repeat the words that Pastor Mike uses. Um, no, I would say, hey, you know what? In gathered worship, you encountered the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. That's real. And this is one of our aspirations for gathered worship. And we're all trying to learn how to do this in our own home, by ourselves or with other people. But I've heard some of you say, I've experienced power in the worship and prayer and Bible teaching, even at home. And so one of our aspirations here, for example, is to help each of us who, who worship here to experience something when we're here. Not just learn, but experience. One of the ways we do that, we structure it, is that more than two-thirds of our song lyrics, this has been our practice since day one, more than two-thirds of our song lyrics every week have to be language of personal encounter. It's language of I or we encountering the divine you. Not only songs about God, those are fine, but the majority of the Psalms are, are language of personal encounter, speaking to God. And so we help tutor us into personal encounter with God in that way. Secondly, another way we try to do this is in our sermons, me and every preacher that I invite to this spot right here, we use we language. Hey, we need help. I need help and you need help. So that it's a conversation and we're in this together. Not, hey, you stink, you little slimy lizard ant of a sinner, and I got it all together. You need it. No, no, no. We, we, we use the language of we because this is a community that I'm a part of and every teacher of God's word is here. And God's spirit seems to move uniquely through such means. Because when we're infused with God's word, in a spirit of worship, and with God's people, it simultaneously with similar intent, why wouldn't the Holy Spirit give us a touch of God's presence? Be open to that. Ask for it. Earnestly seek it, Jesus says. Knock and the door will be open to you. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is your and my helper as a comforter with soulless strength, soulless strength and divine presence. The second way the Holy Spirit helps is as your guide. And I'm not going to try to be exhaustive today, because that would be exhausting if I went through every scripture on the Holy Spirit. We have the whole series to build out the picture of the Holy Spirit. But the second today, the Holy Spirit helps as your guide. Great. So I just put my finger up in the air if I'm a Christian, and whichever way the wind is blowing, that must be the Holy Spirit. No. Oh, great. So when I have a decision, since I have the Holy Spirit as God within me, whatever I most want to do is the right thing to do so I can be happy. Is that it? No. Back to Jesus. John 16, verse 13. But when he, so it's a person, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. The spirit will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. See, the Holy Spirit is less about guidance in day-to-day, moment-by-moment decisions, which parking spot to use. We have wisdom principles in the Scripture. We have wise friends and mentors around us. Please join us to build wise friends and mentors around you, your teenager, and your children through people, leaders in Kitropolis and Remix. And God gave us good brains for most decision-making. The Holy Spirit is most intended to guide you and me into Quote what Jesus said, all the truth. What the Spirit hears as God, including what is yet to come in God's kingdom so we can live with hope. It was the Holy Spirit that revealed that to the Apostle John, and he wrote the book of Revelation through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, speaking to us of what is yet to come. 
the new heavens and the new earth when every tear will be wiped away at the return of Jesus. That's where my hope is based. Well, Pastor Mike, how do I know if guidance I am feeling or discerning in the Spirit is me or the Holy Spirit? Again, back to Jesus. <laughs> John 14, 26. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I, Jesus, have said to you. So first of all, we need to learn in the Gospels what has Jesus said to us. We need to soak in it. And the Holy Spirit will bring that to remembrance at the needful moment. That's a promise from Jesus. And see, the main way to know if, if guidance that you are receiving is you're asking the Holy Spirit for guidance to be your guide. The main way to know if it's the Holy Spirit is if what you are hearing is consistent with the Scripture. It can never be contrary or contradict God's Word. In fact, the Holy Spirit, when, when you lean into the Spirit, the Holy Spirit binds Scripture to us as true. The Holy Spirit illuminates Scripture to apply to my life right this minute. The, when we rely on the Holy Spirit, the helper to guide us, Scripture becomes more precious and more powerful to us year by year. So when you open up the Bible tomorrow for your devotions on your screen or a paper Bible, start with, Holy Spirit, please open your word and make it precious and personal to me. And the Holy Spirit answers that prayer. He's answered that prayer for me my entire life. And I'm, I'm grateful. I want you to experience the Holy Spirit personalizing God's word to you. But we have to be in God's word, learning what Jesus teaches in order for him to illuminate it and then bring it to remembrance, as Jesus says, at the evil moment. So the Holy Spirit is our helper with comfort, guidance, and number three, the Holy Spirit helps as your power, your power. See, Jesus had been telling the disciples about the Holy Spirit bit by bit over his three years with them. But the last thing Jesus told the disciples, and it's written down for you and me, about the Holy Spirit was 40 days after his resurrection, just before the ascension when he ascended to heaven and gave the Holy Spirit instead. Look at Acts 1.8. You, he's talking to you, disciple, follower of Jesus or someone looking into being a follower of Jesus. You will receive power, power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Great, the Holy Spirit helps me with power, young Skywalker. Power to do what? Well, I could give you a really long, nuanced, detailed biblical answer, but I'm going to give you a headline answer today. You will enter and experience the Holy Spirit's strongest current of power when you live and act on God's mission of love to the world. That's exactly his promise here in Acts 1.8. This is why so many of you, you've told me, you've told your friends and community group, uh, and you may have heard this if, if, if you're not a church person, you may have had a church person come back from a mission trip, like for us, a mission trip to Honduras or Bolivia where, where we have together, Lake Forest, through our generosity and our labor and our vacation hours, we've helped build some orphanages and rescue abandoned and abused street children back into the family of God. And when you come home from one of those trips, you're like, Mike, when I was on that mission trip helping rescue children, I was alive. <laughs> like I could feel the Holy Spirit almost tingling at the end of my fingertips, Mike. And I felt the presence of God in my life. 
that's the Holy Spirit doing just what Jesus promised in Acts 1.8. He's like, I told you. You'll receive power in the Holy Spirit. And it's for the express purpose of witnessing to my saving acts and my saving love. I told you, spiritual power is found living on mission. And so take that back. Take it home and live that way in the power of living on mission in the office. For you business owners, as you lead an enterprise that, that is good for many people and the world, lead your enterprise on mission for Jesus, and you'll experience the power of the Holy Spirit. As you go to school, as you hang out, always on Jesus' mission of love, that's where his power is found. Many of us today are going through other things that human power cannot fix, that there's no human answer to. Don't distance yourself from the power of God made available through the Holy Spirit just because somebody put the Holy Spirit in some package that turned you off years ago or frightened you. Lean into the Holy Spirit. If anyone who's with us right now, you're facing something that you could use the power of God for. This is what faith is all about, friends. Trust what Jesus promised you is true and live into the comfort, the guidance, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the truth you need to be certain of to go any further in this teaching. Every Christian has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And the flip side, not every Christian intentionally walks in the Spirit and avails ourselves of the Holy Spirit's help. God wants to refresh you. God wants to encounter you through the Holy Spirit. And there's nothing to be afraid of. So would you with me in this series, let's decide to be all in to a friendship with the Holy Spirit. Just preparing this week has revived my engagement with God the Holy Spirit. I'm just grateful that I had to teach this. It's revived me. Now, how do I know you say that every believer has the Holy Spirit? The Bible tells me so. Here's one example. Romans 8, verse 9. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. The, the, that's the righteousness of Jesus given to us by faith. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. And so I want to invite you to a journey for us in learning about the Holy Spirit. I told you as a young man I was totally confused about this. There was a lot of uh, controversy about the Holy Spirit when I was growing up in the church. Like, does the Holy Spirit mean I have to speak in tongues? And I went after that. Like, I tried to get that gift, like if that's the sign of the Holy Spirit. Does the Holy Spirit mean I become a weirdo and nobody outside the church world can ever understand a word I say? Is the Spirit just something for the apostolic age and it's not for today? I was wrestling hard over this as a young man, and I was on a Christian retreat weekend. So, therefore, that meant I was surrounded by Christian worship and Christians studying the Bible together, right? Sort of the type of environment we create here on Sundays and other times. And that Saturday night, I went outside late at night, and we were in a swamp in southeastern Virginia, kind of a weird place for a retreat center. And I asked for the Holy Spirit to reveal. Himself to me. 
out there under the stars, the bullfrogs croaking as loud as possible. That that sound filled my ear. And I personally encountered the Holy Spirit that night for the first time in a tangible way. It just, the only way I can describe it is waves of joy over and over and over and over. So therefore, I never again feared the future. I never feared that God was not with me personally and real. I never have since then. It's secured the love of God wrapped tightly around my own human spirit. And it's never left me. Now, I can't tell you a formula for making that happen, and I'll risk even telling you that it did happen. But the experience of the personal touch of God through the Holy Spirit is available to you if you seek, ask, knock. But I can tell you each time I have experienced this has been a time when I've either been deeply in God's Word or deeply with God's people, pacing each other to live on mission for Jesus. Seek Him. You know what God promises in Jeremiah 29, 13? If you're hungry, if you're hungry for a touch of the Holy Spirit, Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with a tiny little bit of your heart, just a corner of your heart. No, that's not what it says. You will seek me and you will find me. I will be found by you when you seek me with all your heart. Kids, can you say all your heart at home? Yell it. Not half-heartedly, wholeheartedly. So over the next few weeks, let's not filter God and just relegate him to maybe kind of, sort of. Let's be all in. And if you're new to Lake Forest and you're needing a connection, seriously, I really mean it. Please jump in on this Welcome 101 tonight. It's not really about the church. It's about your spiritual journey and picking up where you are right now and being all in and asking God for the Holy Spirit to be real to you. All you have to do is take an hour off from binge-watching The Office (laughs) this week. So please join us for Welcome 101 with our pastors. Well, so if walking in the Holy Spirit, let's finish. I want to get super practical with you. If, if, it's, walk, if it's a moment-by-moment moment dependency on and sensitivity to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, doesn't this whole thing sound subjective, touchy-feely? In some ways, that's how it is. But let's finish by staking out objectivity and a forward path for the rest of this series. There's an objective standard by which we can measure the vitality of your and my relationship with God, the Holy Spirit. The only objective vitality of the rose bushes in the Moses backyard right now, which are going crazy, it's gorgeous. The, 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 the sign, the objective measurement of their vitality are the buds and blossoms that are coming out now, the fruit of the rose bush. And in the same way, the Bible says, our reliance on the Holy Spirit is objectively measured by the presence or absence of fruit, the fruit of the Holy Spirit listed in the Bible, which we're going to learn about the rest of this series because we need this fruit, the character of the Holy Spirit. See, fruit is a public evidence to a Jesus follower's sensitivity to and dependence upon the Holy Spirit. Fruit is the telling sign. It is not simply one mark of a Spirit-filled life. It is the mark. When we see fruit in a life, we know that without a doubt the Holy Spirit 
has sway over that person. The closer you get to followers of Jesus who are truly walking in the Spirit, the better they look. There's nothing plastic about these people. You don't get the impression they're hiding something. They radiate integrity. You get the impression you could trust this Spirit-filled Christian with your most intimate secret. You may even have found yourself opening up to them in a way that's uncharacteristic for you. Intimidation is not the game of a Spirit-filled follower of Jesus. They don't rely on personality or trumped-up enthusiasm to win you over. They seem to be at peace with who they are, and they seem almost anxious to accept you just as you are. And for that reason, you may feel drawn to them. They are the people you find yourself wanting to be like, not because of a skill or a talent, but because of the depth of their character. This is who we want to be, friends. And we're not talking about perfection. In fact, you'll hear more apologies from the lips of those who walk by the Spirit than any other group of people. Their sensitivity to the Spirit gives them an uncanny ability to know when they've offended or harmed someone else, and they're quick to own it and ask for forgiveness. And they're not afraid to admit their faults. They've reconciled themselves to the fact that they're sinners with a shadow side as well as a child of God with the Spirit of God and all the righteousness of Jesus in their identity in the Spirit. Spirit-filled Christians make their biggest impression during troubled times like these. That's when it becomes most apparent that the source of their abiding character is something that lies deep within them that's supernatural. Because when all the crutches and props are kicked away and, and the spirit-filled follower of Jesus is still standing, no one can argue that their uniqueness was simply a byproduct of their environment. It's from the Spirit. Yeah, spirit-filled Christians who are walking in the Spirit have down times. They don't win every battle. Doubt and temptation are still a struggle for them, but their recovery is short. And once they are back, it's as if they benefited from the experience. And so specifically... Here are the objective nine fruits of the Holy Spirit the Bible says will be measurable in your life and mine, which we'll start in on next week. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Oh, Holy Spirit, make us this person as we walk with you and in you, with your help. Let's pray. Lord, we're learning so much about the fact that you care for us. Lord, we're learning so much about the fact that you don't hold our sin against us. You judged all of that in Jesus Christ. Lord, we're, Jesus, we're so thankful for what you've done for us at the cross and through your resurrection and Holy Spirit. We're sorry we've relegated you to a lesser role. Holy Spirit, may you breathe a fresh breath of your air in Lake Forest Church and in every person. We desire to know you better. Lord, we go all in with you today, and we ask that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in our lives, in our homes, and through this, your church. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.